Thank you for coming tonight. Uh, we are in Mark chapter 13. We introduced a little bit last week. We're going to spend a lot of time, not a lot of time, but we're going to spend maybe a couple weeks in Mark 13. Uh, we're going to just look at one verse tonight. kind of sets the foundation for what's taking place in Mark 13. Mark 13 is known as an eschatological chapter, talking about the end times. But really, one of the key things about this is the prediction of the 66 to 70 A.D. Jewish wars and the destruction of the temple. Uh, this is really one of the main themes that Jesus, because they, they just, they're going to say something about the temple, then the stones. Uh, Jesus is going to go, and, and he's already said there, there is, it's not going to be one stone left on another. They're going to ask him a question about when will this take place, and he's going to begin to explain this. And so this is going to be key. Now, some people just stop right there, and the whole, you know, this, this uh, Mark 13 correlates with Matthew 24, and they just put all of this back into 70 A.D. But Jesus does take this and project into the future also. Uh, you know, a lot of, like the end-time teachers always try to find, and I have too, try to find the sequence of events and, and lay it down and look for the signs of the time. And, and that's also within there, but this is really the, the key and the other would going to be, I don't want to say an afterthought, but another layer. But even then, it is not an eschatological chapter in the sense of laying out the prediction. We'll spend some time looking at this. It, it doesn't try to give you exactly the details. In fact, the first part is going to say, it's going to give you a list of things like earthquakes and, and wars. And then he says, all these things must happen, but it is not the end. In other words... When it says, what are some of the signs? Some people just thought, well, earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars. These are signs. If you read what Jesus says in Mark, when you see these things, these are not signs. These are, these are just life. I mean, life is going to go on. In fact, Mark, it, as you read through this, it gives you the impression that there's going to, this is going to happen. Something's going to take place. And then there's going to be a series of events. History's going to have to happen because he's going to talk about going into all the world with the gospel and, and talking about these are things that are going to take place for you as believers. And so he's laying down history, and as he talks about history, he's going to start warning them, uh, do not be uh, alarmed, do not lose focus. In other words, most of this, the theme of this is not when is the end, uh, so that you don't, aren't going to be surprised, or what are some of the things that we should get ready for? Like, how, how should we prepare our food, build a shelter? What do we need to do to save ourselves? Uh, it's more like you don't know. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. What you're going to need to do is you're going to have to be faithful. You're going to have to continue on the mission. And you're going to have to endure. And when all things fall apart and all of these events start to happen, it doesn't mean the end is here. Because you don't know when the end is going to happen. He's going to say, he's going to talk about the destruction of the temple and what, you know, what, what it will be like and how terrible it's going to be. But then we start talking about the, the, you know, the distant future. It's, it's, he doesn't give you a, a, a pattern. What he tells you is what you need to be doing while you're waiting. Stop looking for the future and start looking at how you should be living. And this is exactly... The idea of enduring is exactly what James is saying in James chapter 5. <clears throat> so we'll spend some time looking at that. And of course, when you start talking about 
eschatology and end times, you know, you overlay that with Matthew and Daniel and Isaiah prophecies and then Revelation and things Paul puts together. And then he, that Jesus is going to say something about the abomination that causes desolation and then and what is that. And uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun things to look at if you're into putting together a timeline. But even as you put it together, it, you've got to be very careful. Now, what we're going to look at tonight, and again, I've got on here Mark 13, verse 1. And uh, <clears throat> that's because right here, I'm going to look here in uh, the NIV. I've got that one verse written out for you in English Standard there in a moment. And uh, I'll just read a little bit of this. And then we're going to come back and look at this because I, want, I don't want to lose focus of this. Uh, one, it's an opportunity to do this, but also it is going to be the kind of the theme of what's going to be taking place when we start talking about the temple being destroyed. This is the temple. We're going to take a look at the, some of the things in the temple uh, and the remains of it. But nonetheless, chapter 13, verse 1, NIV. As he was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones... <clears throat> what magnificent buildings. <clears throat> so there's two things they're talking about. The massive stones, <clears throat> the size of the stones, and the buildings. And the stones were very large, and we'll mention that. We'll look at some of it. And the buildings were very detailed. And there were a lot of buildings. It wasn't just a temple building. Uh, there was buildings around it, storerooms, places for meetings. Sanhedrin's would meet up there. Uh, a variety of, of features, including porches and, <clears throat> and decorations. And so the buildings were magnificent. And we'll be able to draw a little bit of that uh, tonight as we look at some, some pictures, I hope. I wonder what that sounded like on my microphone. I just slurped my water. Just apologize. Um, so they draw attention to the temple <clears throat> and the buildings. And Jesus says... Do you see all these great buildings? Not one stone here will be left upon another. So he draws attention to the buildings, and then he draws attention that they drew attention to, and he draws attention to the stones and says, Not one stone will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Uh, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives later, he's going to go out the, probably go out the eastern gate. Go to the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives at that time, there's, there's olive trees on the Mount of Olives, but there's a lot more tombs <clears throat> today. Uh, at this time, before Rome got there and, and used all the timber for fuel, for siege engines, whatever they needed them for, they, they just devastated all the trees. They had to go like several miles away to eventually get more lumber because they took everything off the Mount, Mount of Olives. Some has grown back, and there's 2,000-year-old olive trees that you can still see there that were you know, just very, you know, just started growing right after the Roman revolt or the Jewish revolt against Rome. Um, but it, it was, it's probably like a forest back in, in, in that time. But they're in the Mount of Olives sitting probably underneath the, the tree covering opposite the temple. Uh, and this is <coughs> a good look right here. And for, I've had this hanging up here and I keep pointing at it, but this is... Uh, an image of Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. You can see these are all the, the Jewish tombs right here. This probably, in Jesus' time, this, this Mount of Olives, which has got three uh, summits on it, three, I don't want to say peaks, because it sounds like it's a mountain, but it's a three hills. Uh, they probably all would have been covered. The Kidron Valley is down here, and they're looking over the eastern wall. Right here is the eastern wall of the city of Jerusalem. There's the eastern gate. Uh, 
And this eastern wall, the, the lower stones are Herodian. They were there during the time of Christ. Uh, the Temple Mount is up here, and it's, you can see how large it is. We'll, th- we'll talk about some of those dimensions. Uh, there were buildings up here. That has completely been scraped away <coughs> by the Romans, who uh, uh, the Jews fled. And interesting, the Jews flee into the city and then into the temple when Rome comes. Jesus, as we're going to see, when you see the abomination that causes desolation, tells them to flee, get out of the city. Don't even go down, go down the stairs and out. If you're up on your, on, your, on your porch, not your porch, but on your flat roof, you'd have a stairway going down into the house. <clears throat> you'd have a stairway going down the side of your house. Just go down that outside stairway and get out. Don't go into the house and get your coat. Just get out. And so it's interesting because that was the advice, he says, uh, but when Rome came, all the people fled into the city for protection behind the walls, thinking they're going to win, because there's a lot of, just like Jesus is going to warn, be careful of false messiahs, because there's several, and we'll talk about them when we get through there, several individuals that came about and gave some kind of indication that they were leaders or messiahs or they were sent by God and promised signs and wonders and deliverance. So a lot of the people... <clears throat> we're willing to come into the city and risk everything uh, because they're going to see a great work of God. Kind of like, you know, everybody wants to be at the Red Sea with Moses. And now here's your big chance. Uh, God's going to do a great work when Rome marches on Jerusalem. Uh, but that's absolutely the opposite of what Jesus is telling them. Now, the Christians, when they saw this begin to happen, they, they leave and go to Decapolis. They go up to uh, uh, Pella in Decapolis up across from the Sea of Galilee on the east side. So they leave, but the Jews, those who rejected Christianity, rejected Jesus, they stayed and were going to dig into the trenches and hold their ground until the great deliverance came. And it never did. Rome eventually breaks through. Uh, they go into the temple. The people were in the temple hiding. Uh, and, and, of course, the temple's built with stones, but it's layered or covered with wood, cedar wood, carved, and then it's got gold on that. And the whole Temple Mount goes up in flames. Uh, and Jews were, you know, killing themselves. There, some were jumping into the flames. Uh, some of them considered it an honor to die with the destruction of the temple. Still in their, in their mind thinking a great deliverance was going to come. And you can see how they could think that if they got the Old Testament prophecies talk about, you know, Jerusalem being, you know, ransacked in Zechariah 14, and then the Lord would go out and fight on that day. Uh, well... He, he never did. He never did come to the Mount of Olives like Zechariah 14 says, <clears throat> not at that time, because he said, I'm not going to. He says, in fact, he leaves and goes and sits on the Mount of Olives exactly where Ezekiel saw the glory go when it left for, after the Babylonian, before the Babylonian destruction. The glory of God went over the Mount of Olives. Zechariah says the glory of God will come back to the Mount of Olives and enter Jerusalem and bring deliverance. Jesus follows Ezekiel, sits there, and has this conversation. Then after his resurrection, goes to Mount of Olives and ascends into heaven, giving probably a pretty good indication, I'm in no mood to come and deliver the city that just rejected me. I'm going to heaven. I'll be back later. This place is going to burn to the ground. So the Christians left. The Jews rejected that entire concept, stayed and fought, and they were just, oh, there's, it says there's bodies. The soldiers, <coughs> the Roman soldiers were, were stumbling you know, because they're, they're walking on bodies. There's so many dead Jewish people from the Roman invasion here. And it took, you know, several weeks for the whole process to take place. Anyway, with that being said, 
uh, we're going to look on the notes here, and I'm looking at chapter 13, verse 1. It just says, and as he came out of the temple, one of the disciples, and it doesn't say who. It's going to tell later on in Mark, in fact, the, the verse I cut off on, it says that Andrew and, and, and Peter and James and John came and asked him, when will this happen and what will be the sign? This individual is not mentioned. One of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Now, how wonderful were this? I'm going to draw this it, it, just to get started on here. I'm going to show you a bunch of pictures tonight. I hope it works. I appreciate your patience if it doesn't. Uh, Solomon's temple originally was uh, 500 by 500 cubits. <coughs> uh, the Hasmoneans, when they came back, they extended it a little bit further south. Herod extended it a little bit further south here, extended it further to the west, and extended it to the north, and it still had the same eastern wall. So that eastern wall that you see here is the same eastern wall. Here's the Kidron Valley, and here's the Mount of Olives over here, and this would be the eastern side. Now, you in Herod's day, or Jesus' day in the New Testament, in Mark 13, you would not see those. Uh, I will tell you this, you can still see this, this wall of Herod's, or excuse me, Solomon's wall, and I'll show you pictures of it tonight. You can still see the original western wall, these stones right here. You can still see them on the Temple Mount today, uh, and I'll point that out to you. The Muslims have come in and built a, uh, a, uh, a, some kind of a, a, a trapezoid up here, and it's not exactly lined up with the old uh, Solomon walls. And then the Dome of the Rock sits on there today, as you can see. It's sitting on a little uh, trapezoid. You've got to go up some steps to get up to here where they've got the Dome of the Rock, which is where uh, the rock, where the Ark of the Covenant sat, is where the Dome of the Rock covers that ark. It's pretty clear. Uh, again, there's always going to be debates, but it's pretty clear. In fact, the Muslims throughout history thought they'd built the Dome of the Rock on the top of where the temple stood, on the top of the rock where the Ark of the Covenant's at. The Jews believe that. The Muslims believe that. I've got the book upstairs. I read it to you one night. <coughs> it's from the early 1900s. It's a, it's a tourist book from the early 1920s or something that they tell you the Muslims, it's the Muslim consul that handed out the, the, the little booklet for the tourist. It tells them that this is where Solomon's temple stood and the Dome of the Rock stands over, over, the, over where the, the Ark of the Covenant sat. It says it right in the book. It wasn't until after 1948 and all this conflict that they go, ah, oh, Solomon's temple, there, was never, there never was a Solomon's temple. Now that's the, that's the talking point today is rewriting history. There never was a, a temple of Solomon. This, this, the Jews never even were here. The Jews are just pretending they were here. Uh, and so they're, they're rewriting the history. N nonetheless, here is the western wall of that we see right here. The western wall where they pray, <coughs> the Jews pray, is right here. It's the retaining wall. The temple stood here. We would go up here. We would say there would be a, a temple complex within here. Here would be the temple building, something like this. It, it, uh, that's a bad drawing, but it, it, it's kind of, it's wider and narrower. Here would be the Holy of Holies. Uh, the Roman soldiers actually go into the Holy of Holies, and it's going to be one of the considerations of, was that the abomination that causes desolation? 
they go in there, they, they, they set their standard up, the Roman eagle standard. They burn sacrifices to their gods in the holy of holy place. Titus goes in, looks around. So that could be the abomination that causes desolation. The problem with that is that was the end of the war. You're supposed to flee when you see the abomination of desolation, but it's like they had to walk over the dead bodies to, to cause the desolation, if that was it. So there's, there's some considerations on all that. Out here, there's going to be, again, a court for the, the priest, a court for the men, and then there's going to be an outer court over here for the women. Uh, that's where the, the widows might, that's where they had the offering, place to contribute money. There's going to be then a, a wall with different gaps in the wall, warning Gentiles not to go into here. You could stay out here if you were a Gentile, but you could not go here. This would be where the beautiful gate was. There'd be a stairways going up here. There's also stairways in front of the temple right here where the choir would sing. Back in here, there's a room for wood. There's another room for the leper to go and report. Uh, there are a variety of buildings on this temple mount right there. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to try something here. Well, let's read this. <clears throat> uh, we just read uh, uh, how beautiful the building was. That's what the disciple says. Here's what Josephus says. It's out of Josephus. Now, the exterior of the building wanted nothing that could astound either mind or eye. For being covered on all sides with massive plates of gold, the sun was no sooner up than it radiated so, so fiery a flash that persons straining to look at it were compelled to avert their eyes as from solar rays. Now, what he's talking about is the temple, this building right here, the temple. Now, understand, we have a retaining wall going all the way around, and the foundations, if, if the top has been knocked off down, there's still the foundation stones going all the way around from Herod's day, and, and we can go underground and see them. Uh, some of them are above ground, you can still see, <clears throat> but that's the retaining wall. It's really not the buildings any more than landscape, you know, timber are your house. You've just got landscape timber up holding up the, the dirt so that you can have a flat surface. Everything on the surface here has been scraped off. What he's talking about right now is this temple. He's going to give you some dimensions on the size of the stones that were used in the wall, the retaining wall. But the, t the stones that were used on the temple are even larger uh, than he, he identifies. Now, we, we can measure these stones because we can see them. And we've come close to some of his measurements on how big they were. In fact, right here in the Western Wall Tunnel, I'll show you there, there's one that's 41 feet long, one stone, car, uh, an asher stone uh, cut into a shape. Uh, these stones, we don't know where they went. We, we, have, we don't have any. I will show you some decorative stone pieces that appear to have come from the temple complex. To say they came from the temple, you don't know. But they clearly came from this time period. Um, <clears throat> the Romans are going to then destroy this and push everything over off the walls. They're going to knock down these retaining walls. The most difficult place to knock down is going to be these corners... Uh, because the stones are interlocked on the corners, like Lincoln logs. So over here, in this area, I don't want to say it's easy, but they'll just be able to push and take pry bars and just knock things over. But when they get here, this huge 
ashlar stone is interlocked with a larger ashlar stone on the other side, which is then covered up with another ashlar stone forming a corner. I'll show you a picture of that. So there's no way they're going to, they, they would have to get heavy equipment in here to then, you know, lift those down. Like they lifted them up to get them in place. Uh, the stone that is in, this is the western wall right here, what's left of here. I'll show you that. That's, that's where the, this is where they pray, the kotel, uh, uh, the wall. This is where they pray, the, the place the closest the Jews can get to the Ark of the Covenant and pray, uh, or the holy place. They, they can't go up on the Temple Mount and pray. They'll get in trouble. If they see Jews praying, there's certain rules that change because the Muslims control this. And the reason the Muslims control this is the Jews gave it back to them in 1967. They, after the War of 67, the Jews took all of this. And then in negotiations, they gave the Temple Mount back to the control of the Muslims. Uh, and no one's real sure why they did that uh, because it's been <coughs> a great thing to keep and start excavating. But in divine providence, that's what happened. There is a very large stone right here in the western wall buried in the tunnels that I'll show you a picture of. That's, that's 41 feet. It's huge. The Romans could not move that. They tried. And I'll show you the picture. It's so large, it's huge. 41 feet long. Uh, they couldn't move it, so they chipped away at it. And they got it chipped down about like this. I'm not sure how many guys and how long they did, but they got to, it's, again, think 41 feet, and that, that top part is gone. And today, when you go through, the, it's been rebuilt, so this is all filled in with little smaller stones to level off this surface so they can build it back up. But you see, the Romans got to the point of like, let's just go home, and they just gave up. They're trying to destroy the whole thing, and they couldn't. So that's where you've got an interesting idea. Not one stone will be left upon another, but yet... The Romans could knock all the stones over. Now, the buildings are all gone. So I don't think Jesus was talking about the retaining wall. It's not one of the buildings. Uh, but again, that's, that leads to the argument <coughs> that this was not the Jewish site. Now, there is out there, there is out there, uh, and, and I, I, I think it's a joke, uh, but it's got followers, that this was a, a Roman fortress, the Romans built this for their fortress. And the actual temple is down in the city of David where we, we'd say the, the uh, uh, you can't, it's down off this picture here. It's where, uh, above the Gion Springs. And, there, and it's like, well, there's no evidence. And they say, because not one stone is left upon another. And you see, there's stones are left upon another here, so this can't be the Temple Mount because it's not totally destroyed. And I, I don't think that's a good argument, but nonetheless. Okay, this is covered with silver, gold, uh, white stones. And when the sun shines from, the, comes over the Mount of Olives, it comes up here, it, Joseph is saying it's, it's glorious. It's, it's like light re reflecting. To, to an approaching stranger, it appeared from a distance like a snow-clad mountain. For all that was not overlaid with gold, was of purest white. So they used white stone for the temple and they overlaid a lot of it with gold. Some of the stones in the building were, Josephus says, 45 cubits, which I googled it and did the translation, uh, is, is 67 feet in length, uh, five, feet, or five cubits high or seven feet high, 
and uh, nine feet in breadth. So it would be 45 feet this way. Now, the stone in the Western Wall Tunnel is 41. He says there's in the temple where some were 45 and that they are uh, seven feet high. And I'll show you some that are seven feet high right here in this southern wall. And then nine feet in breadth. That's how wide they were. And as they built this wall here, built these walls, they would stack blocks on top of each other. And the bottom stones were wider than the ones above. They'd always go back about, about an inch and a half on both sides, like, like three inches smaller each time. So it was stacked up like at an angle. And you can see that when you stand down here, you can actually see the stones tapering up because the, the bottom ones had to be a lot wider to form the base. <coughs> uh, Josephus also says, the temple was built of hard white stones, each of which was 25 cubits in length, 8 in eight and 12, uh, excuse me, 25 cubits in length, 8 high and 12 in width. Uh, more details concerning the temple. The stones were also ornate, ornate or they were carved. Many of the stones were carved. And I'll show you some pictures. Uh, One-sixth of the day's city, old city of Jerusalem, is covered by the temple complex. So if you look at this right here, the old city. Now, when you look at that picture, you see all of Jerusalem. That includes New Jerusalem. The old city inside the walls, this temple complex covers one-sixth of the city, of the old city. Herod enlarged Solomon's temple mount to 1,066 feet. So this way, 1,066 feet here. And 1,000... Boy, that's a big number right there, 1,006,430. I think it's, uh, I think that's 1,643, and I think it's an extra, I'd have to, I'd have to look it up, but it's, it's, I know it's 1,600 feet from here to here, meaning if you were to go all the way around this, it's about a mile around the temple complex, or this temple complex. This is the southern wall, going up the eastern wall, if you turn into the Lion's Gate, and come down the other side, it's about a mile around. It's about three miles around the old city. And I've ran that a couple, many times. Not many, five or six. Uh, that's 35 acres, and you could put 12 football fields in there. The southeast corner, I'll show you a picture of this southeast corner, because this is going to be high. <coughs> but going down, it goes down into the Kidron Valley. So to stand in the Kidron Valley and look up, you're looking up a, out of a valley with a large building on the top. Uh, and it's, the southeast corner was 15 stories above the ground. So this goes up 15 stories. That is probably, again, we don't know for sure, but that would probably be where Jesus was tempted to jump and have the angels catch him. was probably from here. It was the highest part. Uh, he could have been standing on top of the temple, but I don't think he would have got it. Jesus could do whatever he wants to. Uh, but I think if he was standing on the temple, it would have made headlines that there's a man standing on the temple. Uh, but if a man's standing up here, uh, it would be, it's, you know, the backside of the temple mount. He could stand there and have this. Now, James is going to be pushed off the temple. And he's going to be pushed from the southwest corner here, uh, which is also high. Uh, but it's where they made announcements. It's where the trumpet, trumpeter, the priest that played the trumpet, uh, declare sunset and the beginning of holidays or holy days james was put up there to make an announcement that jesus wasn't the christ and he didn't follow directions and they pushed him so jesus stood here and was told to jump james was forced to stand here and he didn't cooperate they pushed him he fell didn't die and they beat him with clubs um uh, the royal portico was 45 
feet uh, on, uh, oh, the royal portico. There's going to be, if you can uh, hear this, and I'll show you some pictures, there's going to be a, a porch going around, all the way around the wall. Now, sometimes it goes way out here. Sometimes it cuts across here like this, and you can come up, up some stairs and enter the surface and then go through the royal portico. But the royal portico going all the way around is <coughs> 45 feet uh, side. That's supposed to be wide. That's typing fast. 45 feet wide. Uh, it's got four rows of columns. So there'd be a column here, a column on this side, and then there's going to be two in the middle, or if it's on the in, inside, one, two, three, four columns. Uh, and then those columns have got cedar beams sitting on them, and then attached to the cedar is going to be cedar paneling. So all of this, the temple, all of the portico, it's all layered with wood. So when it goes on, it's not like, how did such a great fire break out? Well, everything's covered and decorated with wood. And when the wood gets hot enough, it burns this limestone. And I'll show you the, the burn marks that are left in some of the limestone because the fires were so hot set by the Romans. So the royal portico is 45 feet wide with three aisles between the, the columns. Uh, the columns were crowned with Corinthian capitals. I was going to show you a picture. I've got some that maybe are from the remains of those. I didn't put them in the packet tonight. They're in the book. And they stood 45 feet high. These columns supported the cedar beams and, and all this right here. Uh, oh, Josephus says these columns were so big, each of these columns, now think of that, going all the way around, you had sex, sets of four columns all the way around the portico. Uh, that's a lot. Now, where did they go? They were taken, probably used and rebuilt a uh, different place for uh, something. Uh, but Josephus says it would take three men with their arms out to go around one of the columns. So if you can imagine how big. Now, that's Josephus trying to impress the Romans back in Rome when he wrote after 70 A.D. And that's what we have. A lot of the things he says he exaggerates. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of things that we would think he's exaggerating, you also find similar records in some of the other Jewish writings. The temple was 165 feet tall. That's the building itself. Gold, silver, crimson, and purple. So that would be the color. Uh, the stones in the temple itself were larger than the foundation stones. And then Jesus says, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be one stone left upon another. They'll all be thrown down. And what I have here is some pictures. I'm going to flip through this very quickly so you know what we're looking at. This first picture is the south side. That's this right here. It's a model. This is a model. But you can see the steps. You can see the, the gates right here. You can see how high it is right here. That's the southeast corner right here. And then, of course, the southwest corner is over here. This picture right here below that is looking at it from the west. You're looking right here at the uh, a stairway called Robinson's Arch that goes up and enters the Temple Mount there. <clears throat> you can see how you enter the Temple Mount from the south. You'd go up those stairs. Here you could go up and enter right here. There's several entrances. The western wall, I don't have it on this picture, but the western wall is right below here because this is what we call Wilson's Arch right here. That's another one of the entryways right there. Uh, the western wall that people pray at is this part right down here. So, and again, there's, that, that's not the only part left because all these are western wall or Herodian stones going all the way down this western wall, turning the corner, going all the way across. In fact, you go all the way around this temple complex and see Herodian stones. Ah, this is good. 
You see the royal stoa right there. You see this right here? That is, you see how that, this one right here is moved up. It's got it going this way across right here. Sometimes we ha- they have it right across, right at the, the very back. In this model, they've got it up here. And they've only got three pillars you can see on that top one. I think that's the top the royal stoa because Solomon's colonnade went all the way around. But on this one, there's a second layer on top of it. And that's why this is higher. So I'm just saying there's three columns there. I think there's four columns on the one underneath right there. And if you look right here, this point right here, the southwest corner right up here, right above Robinson's Arch, that would be where the trumpeter would stand, the priestly trumpeter would stand and play the the declaration of when the holy days began. And that's probably where James was supposed to stand. Well, he did stand, but he didn't make the announcement and was pushed. And that's how far James fell. Now, the same southwest corner right here, these are pictures of that, that very corner, right? These are the stones right here. These stones right here, they're overlaid, overlaid right here. And they're, they're not like Lincoln Logs. They're very wide. So they're, they may be long, but they're also wide. But they're, they're interlocked going all the way up. And that's the, that's the pavement. And these are the steps that go up over, up over a shop because there would be a sidewalk going along the top of the shops that ran along this wall. This was a marketplace. If they're selling stuff up here on the Temple Mount, this is laced with shops. I mean, there's people, they're selling stuff. Sometimes it had to do with the Temple. Sometimes it was probably just whatever, you know, Walmart stuff, whatever you needed. But these are all shops. And so you could, and I'll show you more pictures of those. This picture right here is looking straight down this wall right here. From this corner, that that corner is the southwest corner. We're looking straight down here. You can see one of the large stones. They're called Ashler stones. And you can see it's trimmed. Uh, It's got a a little border around it. Here's a picture uh, right in the middle there. That's a model. Not a model. That's an image that's in Jerusalem. And now you can see see Solomon's colonnade over there on the eastern wall. See, again, we're looking right here. At that picture, looking at it this way, you can see the steps on this one. Uh, you can see Solomon's colonnade way against the eastern wall. But then the royal stoa is designed a little bit different. That's a little bit higher going on this southern border. Now, that's where they'd have meetings and different things would be have taking place there. You can see Robinson's Arch on that. And you can see some of the shops under Robinson's Arch. Now, these stones right here on the, on the southern wall, I'm standing right here on the, where I'm standing right here, I'm at the top of those steps. See the steps right here? I've gone up those steps, and I'm standing on actual pavement from that first century uh, right here, and I'm touching a set of stones or touching one of the stones. See how tall it is? If I were to look down this row, I would see that whole row right there. That's called a master course of, of stones. And what a master course is, is that you'd always start with a big stone at the bottom, and then you'd build your stones up on top. And after several layers of stones are put up, you'd come back with another heavier, you know, like double or triple the size. We can see right there. And you'd come in here with a lot larger row of stones. These are larger stones than what are normally. And it, it does two things. It establishes a new foundation for the stones that are going up. But it's also so heavy that if these stones had any kind of movement, the weight of those is locking those in. And so these would be, there'd be every, you'd have, of course, your large foundation stones. You'd put several rows up, 
and then you'd come back with a master course, and then you'd build on this with smaller stones until you got up certain height, and then you'd come up with another layer of master course. And that's when I'm standing there touching a master course. And if you look right here, I'm, I'm touching that right well, like this. If I would look this way, I'm looking straight down this wall. Now, good luck on my drawing here. I'm looking straight down this wall, and those are Herodian stones. That's not like rebuilt. That's, that never moved. That never moved. These stones that are interlocked in the corner, that was there, and Jesus could have leaned against that and, you know, talked about, you know, where they're going to go for supper. Uh, or he could have sat, in fact, I'm, I'm convinced he sat on those steps, like these steps right here. They can't see. I'll show you pictures of them. Uh, the Bible doesn't say so, but the rabbis would sit on those steps and teach. Uh, it even talks, there's recordings of some, uh, Gamiel sitting there and teaching his students. And so it would be very normal for Jesus to sit there and have a crowd around him teaching on those steps. So those were there in Jesus' time. Uh, here's on page four. That's the same southwest corner right here. Uh, I just stepped back and took a picture kind of going up a little bit and kind of highlighted the lines. You see, I kind of highlights. So you can see the, the interlocking stones going up. You can see which they're going long way. But notice, even the ones where they're going long, the length is going this way, how wide they are. They're not like little, they're not like little, uh, you know, beams. I just want to just put this up here because you can see how, let's say I took that picture because you can see how close, the, that's after 2,000 years, that's how tight the seams are yet. That's a typical Herodian stone, or called an ashlar, with the, the, the raised boss. And then there's about a two-inch trim around it. And then you got right here, this is in the western wall uh, tunnels right here. And that's, you can see one, the, the stone on top of the other one. And I, I, said, I said earlier, I said an inch and a half or three inches. It's, it's a half an inch. See, that's set back half an inch. So every, every layer would be half an inch smaller on each side, so it keeps getting smaller as it goes up, and the two-inch margins. Okay, this page right here, page five. <coughs> there are shops along this wall also, this south wall right here, and, and uh, they'd be like concave, how, you know, like an arch, and they'd be stone, and they'd be covered with wood. They'd have stuff inside of them. Uh, they're on here. And then, of course, on top of them, there's a sidewalk. In fact, they would go underneath the sidewalk that I was standing on. These right here, where I've got these arrows pointing, you can see the burn marks when that stone got so hot because the Romans were burning it with, with wood and, and whatever they had to burn. It got so hot that it actually burnt the stones and then burnt into the wall. And so you can see the scars of where the shops should be. I got a close-up picture here. And that's, if you had a, instead of a black and white picture, it'd be easier to see. Uh, this is just, again, one of the middle, one of the legions that was there with, for the destruction of Jerusalem. 70 was Legion 10. And that talks a little bit about it. This is not completely accurate information. Uh, Steve's kind of done some research and fixed my details up right here because there's, there's some things that are, are mistranslated <coughs> from the, the Latin right there. But you can definitely see Legion X or Legion 10, and it tells you about that right there. And that's, that's up in the Christian quarter yet today. So they put that up uh, while they were stationed there after the fall of Jerusalem. And then now we're in the Western Wall tunnels right here. And we're up here in this part of the tunnel. We're underground because, you know, all the debris over the years. And don't be confused by those square or rectangular holes cut in 
what the, the stones. That was not original. That was done uh, by someone after the fall of Jerusalem, uh, probably the Muslims or, or whatever who lived in the city. They cut that in, and then they'd put a stone that would stick out. It's just like how we would put a, it's for some kind of support. I'm thinking that was something we do in a house. But you'd, you'd anchor the stone in that, and then part of it would stick out, and then you could put plaster over it, and the plaster would stick. If you just put plaster on the wall, it would fall down. But if you put plaster on it, it had several places where it could adhere to. You can make this into a cistern. And that's what this underground was, what they used it for. It's like, oh, you're cutting up the Herodian stones. No, we're making a cistern to store water underground and then have houses up on top, and they could just have a well right underneath. They just go to need some water. They just go down into the cistern and get some water out is a great feature. So that's what those holes are for. And you can see, again, the Herodian stones. That's that, one of the largest stones is right here. It's 41 feet this way and then 11 and a half feet tall. That would also be a master chorus stone. If you can see the stones underneath it, they're definitely smaller. So they built up to that height, and they said, okay, let's stabilize. They bring in this huge stone right there. And then, like I told you, this right here is the part that's been cut away. You can see how they chipped away at it right up in here. Uh, the Romans tried it, but they couldn't move it, so they just thought, well, it's just, we'll just bust it up. And then they gave up, and they, they wouldn't do it. And, uh, oh, here is, oh, this is a good picture here. Uh, these are some decorative stones that apparently were in the rubble because they pushed all this off. There's a pile of it here. These are some decorative stones that were in the temple complex somewhere. There's a good model of the temple, and you can see uh, the court of women is right up here. You can see the beautiful gate right there. There is the trumpeting stone right here. That was found in the debris right off this corner, and it probably fell from the top of the corner, and it says right here, place of the trumpeter. Uh, and that's where, again, the priest would have stepped up there, had a little railing, a little place for him to stand to make the announcements. And again, speculation would be that's where James was put to make an announcement. And there's just another fragment. Now, with that being said, <coughs> that's what's on your notes. Here we go. I'm going to try this right here, I think. This is an image of Jerusalem, the way it's laid out. Here is the original city of Jerusalem, it rose up to here to Mount Moriah. There's a valley here, the Kidron Valley, and then the Mount of Olives. David settled here, the Gion Springs, David's palace, David's fortress. This was David's city. Solomon is going to expand the city up. This is eventually where the temple is going to be, is on Mount Moriah. And there it is. The Ophel, that's this plate called the Rising. It rises, this is already a ridge. It rises up and hits the high point right here, but it also even gets higher on this side. And that's where Solomon expanded it on Mount Moriah. And he made a 500 by 500 cubit platform with walls, just like this has got a platform. You can see the Herodian stones. Solomon's got stones going around. Uh, and they're still buried in there. It would be fun to excavate and find the Herodian stones that built that foundation. They're there. I mean, no one moved them. Uh, anyway, that's, that's Solomon's city. Uh, this is then in Jesus' day right here, the city of David. Pool of Siloam is down here. Uh, that's the Temple Mount expanded. And then after Jesus, uh, <coughs> during Herod uh, Agrippa's uh, time, he expanded the wall out here further because people kept moving out. Notice crucifixion was right here outside these walls in Jesus' day, uh, but eventually the walls were built out. So Jesus was crucified outside the city in 30 A.D., but by, uh, by 70 A.D. it's inside the city. But again, you can see right there, 
the same temple. That's the temple complex we're talking about right here. All right, here we go. This is the city today. There's your temple complex right there. See, one-sixth of the old city. City of David's down here. There's the Dome of the Rock. And you see this trapezoid shape right here? The, the, the wall of Herod, uh, Solomon goes straight this way. If you know what I'm saying, right here, like this. It's going to be going straight this way. This is not lined up with it. And then you can see the Golden Gate. But that would be, that's what it looks like today in the whole city. Christian, that, that pillar with Legion 10, it's right about here. It's right about there in the Christian quarter. Uh, there's, this, uh, there's Jerusalem. Looking, that's what you see down here in front of you right there. There's the east wall. There's the Golden Gate. Jesus would have gone out that Golden Gate and in that Golden Gate or the eastern gate. And you see the temple complex starts up here. Notice the trees. There's not supposed to be trees. I mean, it's all, it's all supposed to be a sanctuary. But there's trees there today. And it continues all the way down to here. And there's the steps going right there. You see those steps right here. You can walk up those steps. Those are the steps of the first century. When I was standing there touching that roll of a master core stones, I was standing right here. Those burnt arches are right here because they were the sidewalk, the pavement would go up and then there'd be stairs coming down this side and there'd be shops underneath there. This was, this was an addition by the Crusaders to help keep the Persians out, Muslims out. That was, that was nothing. But anyway, there you can see Jerusalem. Here's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre right here. Jesus was crucified right here and was buried right here underneath those two domes right there. And I think that's, a probably, that's pretty solid evidence there. That's the eastern gate. Now, under the, again, that's, that's 1500's eastern gate. Underneath there would probably be an ancient gate. Here's just, again, some things. That's called, this is an El-Aqsa mosque right here. All this, see, this is solid rock up here. This is standing on the the Mount Moriah. The Mount Moriah tapers down. So to get this pavement, they had to build a retaining wall and fill it in. So there's ever an earthquake, this doesn't move. It's on a rock. But this always collapses because it's, it's on fill. So it's, this is very, it looks nice. You're not going to fall off or anything. Uh, anyway, there you can see that. Lion's Gate is up here. Eastern Gate is right there. Okay. Uh, Eastern Gate looking at it there. This eastern gate from the outside, if you're standing on the Temple Mount on the inside, it looks like that. You can't go through it. Uh, the Muslims broke into here about, I don't know, five, six years ago, kicked these walls, had a little riot up here, and went in there, broke in, and, and turned into a mosque. So if they ever go anywhere and pray, it's a mosque. And then you can't go in there anymore. And there's a lot of stuff like that going on. And there's the inside right there, inside the eastern gate. So the original gate is probably down lower. Again, you can see, imagine there'd be stairs. Uh, there's the eastern gate from the Mount of Olives. Now, what I was going to say, this eastern gate, there's probably a gate underneath here, and I've said this for several different times. That would be a nice time. This is on the north side of the, of the city. It's not even on this diagram. This is a, a, on the north side, a gate. You go into the north wall. This was built in the 1500s. It's a typical medieval. This is where they would, they'd be up here shooting arrows out of those slots. They'd be pouring hot oil or hot water or dropping rocks. If you got too close to the wall, they'd drop something on you. This is typical, you know, and these are places the archers would be set. It's, it's, a, it's a killing center. I mean, it's, it's a place, it's designed to, to execute people invading your city. 
Uh, but see right here, this arch? See right here, you, it's, it's, it, we're, it's, it's, it's uh, that's, that's the Damascus gate. There's a Damascus gate in the Bible. But this isn't it. Where's the Damascus gate? Well, it would have been buried. And so they excavated this. You see, this is actually a bridge. And they excavated underneath there. And so you can see the arch right there. And there it is. That arch, see the bridge? That's the arch. That's from 135. Uh, Herod Agrippa built that. Here's his pillars. Here's his molding, his nice decorative molding. And that is a pedestrian gate. The main gate would be over here. There's also a pedestrian gate on the other side. Now, you didn't, you didn't see that in the 1920s. They just said, let's excavate. And they went down there and they found the first century gate. You could do the same thing, I would think, and I, it's, I, I think, I mean, everybody does. The eastern gate, you could find the first century eastern gate. Here's, this is me standing right here. Down there, looking at the pillar. This is me looking cool, leaning against the first century pillar. See, that's the first century pavement. Today's Damascus gate is up here. I'm down in the first century. So if you get that idea, you can see what's underneath the eastern gate. Because it's, it's just, you know, a few. that's the pavement. That's the actual stone. That's what people walked on in the first century. And it's, it was unburied. Uh, <clears throat> here's a good t topography. This is uh, Mount Moriah. You can see the fill is a little dot. There's Mount Moriah coming up right here. And in here, you see there's the, the high spot right there. The Dome of the Rock or the Ark of the Covenant would have sat right there on the high spot right there. That brick-looking thing, that represents the uh, retaining wall. Now, look at Mount of Olives, 400 feet, zero feet. Mount Moriah, about 200 feet. So you see, Mount, if you're on Mount of Olives, that's why here in this picture, you can see you're looking down. You're on Mount, Mount of Olives. You're looking down into the temple. So when Jesus is sitting there looking at it, he's looking down into the temple court from Mount of Olives. When he's talking to his disciples, they're looking right straight down into this place right there. <clears throat> this is looking at it from the south. This is Mount Moriah. This is the city of David right in here looking this way. Mount of Olives is over there. Looks kind of confusing. Uh, this is the same thing. I'm going to skip that. This is now the southeast corner right here. I am in the Kidron Valley. I'm on the floor of the Kidron Valley looking up, and that would be where it is at today, the southeast corner. Again, imagine the royal stoa being up on top of that higher, and that's probably where Jesus was. He went to the highest point of the temple. And you can say, well, he had to be on the temple building. Okay, he's standing on the temple, being tempted to jump. I don't know. This would make sense. It's the highest point. Uh, this is Mount of Olives. We looked at this before, the three high spots. Uh, this is Tony looking from the Mount of Olives, looking down into Jerusalem, similar to what Jesus would have saw. There's your southeast corner we've been talking about. There's your stairs that are original, first century. I mean, they carved them into the rock. They're cut into the rock. So they just, as the rock sloped up, they just cut stairs into it. There's the eastern gate. And so this temple mount goes from here all the way up to the lion's gate. It's right up in here. This whole area is the temple mount. And there's Herodian stones all the way along there. Uh, this is probably uh, right about here. It's probably right about, geez. Siri didn't get what I was saying. Good night. That scared me. Go away. I'm not sure I understood. Of course you didn't understand. I wasn't talking to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, but this is actual Mount Moriah bedrock. 
I mean, it's got something built around it because this is all pavement on top of fill or on top of the stone. But this is actually what Mount Moriah looks like. So under the temple or under the Dome of the Rock, this is what it looks like, uh, except it's been cut out for the ark to sit and different features, like if it be like posts or pillars, there's notches and grooves. We can't go in there anymore. I mean, I can't go in there anymore. Best we've got is some photographs from before. Uh, but if you go, some people have taken those photographs and examined them, and they can lay out where things were at, what they were using it for. But this is, this is Mount Moriah on the Temple Mount. So if, uh, if, if uh, there was no pavement stones, that was, they walked on that in the first century. Uh, this is the city of David, David's palace. Mount Moriah is up here. This is David's day. Solomon's going to build a, temp, a palace, or excuse me, a temple right there. You see the, 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 how it's got to have a, a retaining wall built around it to have a level surface. That's Solomon's platform. You can see this wall, part of this wall today. And then the Hasmoneans expanded it down here. There's a bend in the wall right here. You can see where it, it bends because it bends out. It's not straight. And then right here, you can see a seam where Herod joined them. And these, yeah, that's another whole story. You talk more about that. Okay, Western Wall Tunnel's up here. Western Wall is right about here. Or excuse me, the Western Wall Tunnel is here. Western Wall is here. And that's that southwest corner. There, that's what it looks like. Solomon's Temple Wall. You can see part of this wall right here, the top of the stones. And this is Herod's expansion right here. There's double gates, triple gates. There, that is me pointing at this stones, these stones right here. These are, this is the top of the retaining wall. See how this trapezoid goes this way? But the wall, these go this way. And th these stairs are the only stairs on that trapezoid that are not lined up with the walls. They, they start here, and they build off of this at an angle. And when this was pointed out by Marlene uh, <coughs> Rittmeyer, uh, the Muslims came in and put concrete over it and tried to cover it and, put, and built these stones up so you can't see it. You used to be able to see the boss, you know, that, that molding, that, that, no, not the boss, but the margin that separates the edge from the boss. That's, you could see that right here. And, and Lena Rittmeyer's got photos of it. And when those photos came out, the Muslims ran up there, added more pavement, put some concrete down, nothing to see here. And they covered up. But these are, which means, again, those are Solomon's, what, this is Solomon's western wall. Right here. And again, if we would excavate, I would assume we could, I mean, nobody moved this western wall. Depending on how the Babylonians did when they destroyed it, they knock over, they didn't knock over this because it's still there. So um, whatever. And there it is again. There's the, there's the steps right there, and that's the, the original, that's the pavement stones. There you can see a little bit of the front of, the, of that stone. Uh, that's just another picture of that. Uh, oh, these are, this is Solomon's quarry. Over on this side, over here, on the north side, this is where the stones are cut. You can see the stones are cut. This is underneath Jerusalem, underneath the Damascus Gate area. In fact, Damascus Gate, you can go into a little cave right down here and go underground, and you can see where they cut stones. And these stones would have been used, most likely, uh, in the temple, some of them. And you can, you can see the grooves. There's... This wouldn't be an example, but you can see piles of chippings and stuff underneath there. There you can see the, the stones being cut out. And again, 
right up on top, that's, that's the Muslim quarter. And it, you're, you're just, it just keeps going down and down. It's also called Zedekiah's cave because <coughs> once you get into here, it's a cave. And it just keeps going somewhere. And it supposedly comes out on the Jordan Plain somewhere. So they think Zedekiah, who was captured by uh, one of Nebuchadnezzar's general after Zedekiah fled Jerusalem, they captured him on the plains of Jericho. And they think he fled through these ca- this cave system. There's a lot of stuff going on underneath Jerusalem uh, that uh, people are unfamiliar with. There's a typical Herodian stone, an Ashler stone. There's, again, that's in the Western Wall Tunnel. You can see it's set back, that half inch and then the two-inch margin, and the boss right there. That's in that Western Wall Tunnel. That's the corner of the side. You already looked at these pictures already. That's that southwest corner. You can see the, still you see the margin. You can see the half-inch setback, half-inch setback all the way up. And then eventually, and see how long that is? Oh, these are the shops. These are the rubble of the shop. Steps going up over the top, and this would be an arch. On the south side over here, that arch got burnt. burnt the stone's actually burnt into the, the, the uh, limestone. There's, I'm looking this right here. I'm looking at the corner. Now I'm standing over here looking this way just to show you the length of that stone. And there's that breakdown. All, that's how they're, see they're interlocking right there. That's why, see how wide that is? And then this is the length. Look how wide it is. This is how wide it is in the length. If the Romans got to this point right here, it's kind of like, I mean, you got to figure out what you're going to do. It's like tearing down the pyramid. It's like, what are you going to do? Again, this is just the retaining wall. This is the stones in the temple itself were more glorious. That's again the tight joint. You see the two margins and the bosses of the Ashler stone. Uh, we looked at that already. That's a nice picture of the temple right there. It shows you the, this is the court of women. Lepers could go in here. Wood would be stored here. This is as you approach to go to the court up here where the men, the Jew Israelite men could go. This would be covered. The choir would stand here and sing. Here's that little retaining, not retaining wall, but it would prevent the Gentiles can't go in any further. Those little signs would be don't go any further. This is the uh, gate beautiful. But you see all the details around here. And there's Solom- uh, the Solomon's colonnade going around the back side back here. And there would be four of those pillars. And just imagine how many of those pillars there had to be. I mean, I mean it was glory. And they're holding up cedar beams which then, of course, were supporting the cedar ceiling. And so this, the church first met here. So the church would meet in Solomon's Colonnade. Where was the first church services? Right here, in the colonnade, right over here. Somewhere, somewhere around here. Now that's a great, that's a great, that's a model that's in Jerusalem. That's a, another model. And there's the steps going up that I'm going to show you in a minute. There's the south West corner, Robinson's Arch, double gate. This is the triple gate. <coughs> this is the royal stoa. So you got Solomon's colonnade, but then on top of it, you've got another layer up on top, and then the Solomon's colonnade would go all the way around. And there's the temple right there. So again, this is where the disciples, what massive or what great magnificent buildings, not just the temple, but the, the Solomon's colonnade, the royal stoa, all the details, all covered with wood. This is now standing, looking right here. This is, are you guys okay? There's no, there's no Tony up there telling me to stop, so I don't know what time it is. I could check, but I would lose my place. I'm like, okay, I don't want to know. Okay. 
here's the temple. Here's Solomon's colonnade. There's the royal stoa on top. Uh, here's that barrier for the Gentiles. You can't come in. There's the buildings on the inside. Here's Wilson's Arch today. There's going to be, when you go to Jerusalem, and you go up here, this is, the, this, is the, this is the western wall right here. So when you go up, you'll walk up and touch the western wall right here. See that, that little picture right there? This point and this point are exactly the same. It's just the sidewalk was way down here. This is all filled. See Robinson's Arch or Wilson's Arch right here? See Wilson's Arch? That's the top of the arch. What arch is that? That's this arch, the top of this right here. So this is, there's a sidewalk that goes all the way down here, and you don't see it until you get down to about here. Then you start seeing the sidewalk. But it goes all the way up here, but it's all buried. So when you're standing and you touch the western wall, you walk up and touch the western wall, you're actually several, well, here. This is the, the bottom stone going way down to the, the southwest corner. That's how wide they are, see? And the, each layer goes up. Right here, there's seven courses of Herodian stones left right here at the western wall. Seven sto- courses left. Then the, the fourth course was put up in the 600s, and then there's 17 courses from 1866 to 1967 that just finished it up. Here's the surface of the Temple Mount today. So when you, touch, you stand and touch the western wall today, you're standing right here, but this was sloping up all the way. Anyway, that's, that's Robinson's, or Wilson's Arch right there. And today, you can see Wilson's Arch is right there at the top. So you're halfway up the wall when you touch it today because you're buried, if that makes sense. And there it is, just in more detail. And I stood right here in the southwest corner. I stood right here and saw this stone, and there's a, an Old Testament mikvah cut out right here that that stone was set on. Because this was, as, as, uh, as they expanded it this way, Solomon's <coughs> Temple Mount was here. Then there would have been mikvahs for ceremonial washing to go into the temple. Well, when Herod expanded it down, he would have covered up Solomon or the Old Testament, some of the mikvahs, and you can see one of them getting covered up as he expanded out, and they had to build more. There's a bunch of mikvahs here, including a very big mikvah right here, like a public mikvah. It's probably for the priest. And there it is. <coughs> this stone is right here. I'm standing right here. The, the mikvah's right down in here. You can see a little bit of a dip right there. So there's layer one and two right here. There's the bedrock right here. The first layer right here. Second layer and we're going up right up here until you get up to this high. This is where the western wall, when you touch the western wall, you're standing right here. I'm standing right here, down uh, in, the, in the western corner right there. And Rob, uh, <coughs> uh, Robinson's Arch comes out right there. I'm not sure if you can make sense of that. <coughs> there I am being cool. That's I'm standing on bedrock, and this is the steps of the mikvah right here. And then this is, one, two, three, and you've got to go up. Oh, no. Lost my place. Don't look at these. Don't look at these. Now you get to see how much i got left to show you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <coughs> That's sad. That's a lot of stuff left to show you. Oh, oh, it's painful. Come on. It's all good, though. Oh, 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 there's good night. How, okay, there I was, being cool. Anyway, I was going to go back to this picture. 
See, I'm standing right here. People at the Western Wall are up here, like 17 rows, 17 layers of courses above that. That would be the mikvah that's buried there. This is the Western Wall. And then right in here, at right about Wilson's Arch, you've got to go underground. All this is underground. And this is the Western Wall. That's that stone that's 41 feet long. <coughs> you can see how they chipped away. They see how they, it's supposed to be straight, chipped away at it. <coughs> that's me being cool, touching it again. I've got 44 feet written there. And I've got 15 feet wide written there. Okay, 33, this is 33 feet down to bedrock. So all that is junk, fill. There it is. Okay, that's 44 feet. I think Josephus says 45 feet was the largest one, and that's 44 feet. I'm just trying, it's, it's hard because you're in a tunnel, and you're trying to get a picture of this 44 foot. So I don't have good pictures of it. There you have the royal stoa, the temple. This is uh, Robinson's Arch. There's going to be shops along here. This is the, see the steps going up on that sun? There's the double gates. Uh, that's Robinson's Arch. There's the steps going up, the Royal Stoa, Solomon's Colonnade. And here would be Barclays Gate, and the Western Wall is right up here. See the sidewalk? And then the shops under Robinson's Arch. There's also shops all along the wall. We're going to see those. That's Robinson's Arch. That's the same thing. There's the shops. And here's the shops. See this right here? Steps go up. That's underneath here. See those shops right there? Those are shops right there. And that's the pavement. That's the sidewalk. It's got curbs on it. It's still got curbs on it. And all that rock has been pushed over by the Roman destruction. There's the shops. Now, on that south wall right here, when these burnt, they burnt an arch into the limestone. These are curbs. These are, this is the pavement. <coughs> it... it when the Romans pushed stones down, it collapsed the sidewalk in because there's a gutter underneath here for water to drain down out. And that's how I got down to the bottom. So I came up through the gutter and got to the bottom, then found my way up and popped up out of the sidewalk here. Because that, that's why, I mean, the first time I was there, it's like, wow, those stones were heavy and just crushed the sidewalk in. Well, I, and I didn't think about it. I just thought, wow, heavy stones. Well, then all the, later on, I was, I'm looking and studying and realize, well, the reason it caved in was it's, it's hollow. It, it's a gutter there. Those are, that's the debris that fell down and crushed the sidewalk. That's the sidewalk. <coughs> There's, you're looking back up at the debris. You can see the crushed sidewalk. There's the curb. These are remains of shops. That's, again, the shops. There's shops on this side. Uh, you can see the shops. Tony's sitting right here in a picture on the curb which is not that one. This is the trumpeting stone that was fell off the southwest corner. This is some decoration. There's shops. There's the sidewalk. There's the rubble. There's shops on this side. The temple's on this side. The western wall's on this side. So these are all, this is all the foundation of Robinson's Arch. They had shops under Robinson's Arch. Trumpeting stone. That's the corner. There's the southern steps there. There you're looking at. See, these are original. They cut these steps out of bedrock. They've added these to kind of make it passable. But these are the original stones from the first century. That's me touching that rim of stones going on. That's the master chorus. See, it's sitting on another chorus of stones underneath there. Triple gate. There, you can see right there the art, the burnt. That's the scarring right there. Those are shops. And then there'd be a sidewalk or steps going on top of that. So when that was burnt, that all collapsed. 
but it got so hot. You can tell how hot the fires got because it scarred the stones. This is interesting. This is the south wall right here. Everything below the yellow line is Herodian, meaning it was there in Jesus' time. The Romans pushed all of this over, and then all this was left. And notice how they could not, they could not knock the corners over. There's your master course that I was standing over here, touching over here. It goes all the way around the temple that comes out right here. It's bigger than everything. This part of the master course got knocked over, but by the time they got here, it's like, and they just gave up. And then all this has been rebuilt. Before the Muslims, there was nothing here. Before the Muslims, you could walk up, just walk right up and crawl into the Temple Mount. The Christians didn't do anything with it. They, had, they wanted nothing to do with it. It just proved Jesus was right. The Muslims came in, and they rebuilt it for fortification purposes. Knights Templar, they, they built this. But this, these are all Herodian stones. So they say there's not any stones left. Well, that whole thing's Herodian right there. This is some decoration carved into one of the gates. That's original molding on that south wall. From Jesus would have walked by. You can see the carving, the decoration. Someone wrote their name in Hebrew there many years ago. That's a looking from that south. This is the southeast corner. There's the stairs going up, the double gate, the triple gate. There's the scarred, vaulted rooms right there. There's a, I had to draw it in here, but I got pictures of it. That's a mikvah, very big mikvah right there for the priest. Eastern gate. Legion 10, the, from the Franciscan, me being cool. Ah, right here. Sorry, I scared you. Beams. Those are cedar beams, and they're ancient. They probably date back to definitely the days of Herod. Uh, some of them were, that were found dated back to days of Solomon. Uh, and they, they tested them. They dated them. Uh, some of them were carved. But what happens is... Uh, Everything when it burns or when it's destroyed, whoever comes in Nick's would use it for the Nick's construction. So many of these things were burnt, but many of them... Tony's calling. Many of these things uh, were... Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. You guys say, take the call, take the call. Oh, no, what am I going to do now? Airplay, entertainment room. Okay, thank you, Tony. There she is. Tony, watch online. I'm still teaching. Uh, but anyway, the, they're burning these. <laughs> she, she, okay, she's doing her job. Someone's back there texting Tony. Call Galen. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'll do this. I'll go backwards here very quickly. This is going backwards. Uh, this, is what, this is what I'm going to end with right here. Me being cool again, walking across the Temple Mount. That's me walking across the Temple Mount towards the eastern wall. Uh, this is a, in uh, Rome. These are the trumpets and the table of showbread on tit the Arch of Titus. There's a Roman signification. They had a parade. That would identify what they're carrying in. This proves they took these things to Rome. There's the, the, the menorah from the temple. Uh, Josephus records this. There's, this is like a photograph of, of 71 AD of them bringing in the treasures from the temple. Then they, they made a mon It was a big deal for them. They made a monument for it. It was a big parade. There's the whole thing on the inside. These are signs that would say, this is what this is. This is from Judea. All this would be colored. We look at it like, oh, yeah, very, very classic. 
No, no, no. It would all be, this would be gold. In fact, they found pigment remains of paint. When you get up close and you find pigment there, this was gold. A lot of it was blue. In fact, there's a colored photograph of it where they matched the, these are the silver trumpets from the temple. Table of showbread. These are the vials, the, the, the containers that were sitting on the table of showbread. And that's just, that's just part of it uh, that they brought in. There it is again. That's inside the arch. That's the inscription on the arch. The Senate and the people of Rome dedicate this to the divine Titus, son of the divine Vespasian, Vespasian Augustus. So he's the son of the general that already, Vespasian was Nero's general that was sent over to put down the Jews. Nero was killed himself. The next three guys got executed. So Vespasian was declared emperor by his military in Jerusalem. And Josephus prophesied it. Vespasian adopts Josephus. Vespasian takes the throne, leaves his son Titus, and Titus finishes the Jewish wars. And this is, and they're, they're, they have a, he has got a, Titus has a brother named Domitian, who's a younger, younger brother in this whole procession. Domitian's going to be the one who puts John on the Isle of Patmos. There's the, the Arch of Titus right there. It's there today. You can go to Rome today and see a monument to the destruction of Jerusalem from 70 AD that they put up, and they were proud of it. It was a big deal. There's a menorah in Jerusalem today. Fragments from the temple complex. Where it was at, we don't know. Some more stuff. Okay, I'll call Tony, and I'll let you go. <laughs> that, that, that I just kind of encapsulates what chapter 13, verse 1, the magnificent buildings, I mean, how huge it was. It wasn't just a small feat. And uh, look what's left of it. I mean, it's right, right there. We're just like that close to touching the things of chapter 13, verse 1. And Jesus walks out, and he's done with it. Jesus is done with the Temple Mount uh, the way it is at that time until he comes back. I'll pray, and we're done. Father, we do thank you for the chance to look into Scripture. We thank you for the chance to meet together and to reflect on these things. We ask that we, again, would have a strong faith, a serious faith that understands you are the one who controls history, that things have not gotten out of control, that we will face challenges and difficulties, but you are taking this to a complete end. And, Father, we do look forward to being strengthened by your Spirit for endurance and achieving the things you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you for your time.